The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Giants fans. I'm Ed Valentine, and you are listening to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. Today's show comes to you on Tuesday, December 4th, and it happens to be the one-year anniversary of the day that the New York Giants fired both head coach Ben McAdoo and general manager Jerry Reese, in the midst of an awful 3-13 and season. That will be the focus of today's show. At BigBlueView.com earlier on Tuesday, I wrote about that. I wrote that, in my view, the Giants are in a better place. You know, Record-wise, 4-8 and eight obviously is better than 2-10. and 10. Not a whole lot better. Marginally better. But for me... The indication of better comes from the fact that this is a team that continues to play hard for its head coach instead of a situation a year ago where the locker room was fractured. There were problems between the head coach and the players in the locker room. This is a team that that this current team is one that's playing together, showing some signs of improvement, showing some signs that it, it believes in this head coach, that maybe there is some young talent, not enough young talent, but some young talent to begin, you know, putting together some building blocks to help this team, you know, going forward. Obviously, that doesn't mean that they're in a good place. They're in a better place than they were a year ago. At least, you know, the organization... There's a, a little bit more calm around the organization. There aren't as many questions. You know, the long-term question for the Giants, whether they ever get this right or not and get back to being a consistent contending team, the biggest question is going to surround the quarterback situation and whether or not they're able to solve you know, the riddle of finding a replacement franchise-caliber quarterback 
for Eli Manning, who, despite the fact that the Giants have played well in recent weeks, uh, is obviously not the long-term answer for them You know, at this point in his career. Who knows, Eli might be the quarterback for four more games. He might be the quarterback you know, into 2019. We just don't know. We'll have to see how that plays out. But he's not going to be the long-term solution. And whether or not the Giants ever get back to being a consistent, contending, Super Bowl-caliber team is largely going to depend on how they answer the question at quarterback. But getting back to the uh, the question of w- simply whether or not the Giants are in a better place 365 days after firing Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese, I had a chance to speak with New York Post Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz. We spoke largely about that particular topic, and I would like to play that interview for you right now. All right, Giants fans, we're joined now by Paul Schwartz, Giants beat writer for the New York Post. Paul, how you doing today? Hey, good. How are you? How's everything? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks a lot for uh, for spending a few minutes with me today. Hey, I wanted to start with the idea. Uh, we're we're doing this on on Tuesday. It's December fourth. It is the one year anniversary of the uh, the Giants firing head coach Ben McAdoo and general manager Jerry Reese. Paul, I wrote this morning at Big Blue View about the idea that that I think, despite the record, I think the Giants are in a better place as a team, as an organization, than they were a year ago. Um, how, how do you feel about that, you know, a year removed from, from that move? Well, Ed, what, what, what are they, two games <clears throat> Two games better in the standings from last year? Right. Uh, at this time, is that right? Right. Would they have uh, two wins last year when they fired Ben? Right. And, and Jerry, so yeah, so it's two games in the standings. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not a high bar, let's face it. It's not a high bar to vault over here. I mean, last year they were in complete disarray. Players were getting suspended. Um, you know, it was the first time in, what, 40 years or something that they got rid of a coach and a general manager at the same year. So, um, you know, they were they were at rock bottom last year. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, they, the Giants don't like to fire a coach before the season's over, and um, they almost never fire general managers, and they did both a year ago today. So this year, I mean, as the arrow pointed up, um, I think that's debatable. Uh, they've won three of the last four games now, and that's good. But there's a lot of work to be done. Let's face it, they're four and eight. Um, you know, the only thing that's not eliminating them from the playoffs is just mathematics and uh, a very pedestrian NFC East that has nothing to do with what the Giants have done. So um, a better place, yes. Uh, a good place, I would say no. Interesting way to put it. Um, you know, you... You've been around the Giants for, I don't know, when did you start covering this team now, Paul? 1994 as the beat writer. So you, you know, you've been around the Maras and the Tisch families a lot longer than I have. You know, you look back at, at a year ago, as you said, the the mid-season move, this is an organization that doesn't like to do things like that what did it take do you think when you look back on it what did it take for them to to go ahead and make that move well losing number one but but not only not only losing it was um, you know if you remember you remember ed you know that was they fired him after a game in oakland when um 
Ben McAdoo and the organization, this was an organizational decision, decided to uh, uh, sit Eli Manning down and start Geno Smith. The plan was to start Geno Smith for two games, then go to uh, the rookie Davis Webb for the last three games. And the determination from Ben and from Jerry Reese and really from ownership was the season is lost and we need to see these other quarterbacks to see what we have. Uh, the Giants knew they were going to get a very high pick in the draft. And uh, they wanted to just figure out what they had at quarterback before they, you know, made a move at quarterback there. Uh, or go in free agency or keep Eli or dump Eli. They just wanted more information. Uh, there was a tremendous public outcry. Uh, Gino didn't play badly in Oakland. Uh, didn't play badly at all, but turned the ball over twice. They lost the game. And, um, you know, the public outcry was so was so great that, uh, that the great Eli Manning uh, sat. And um, as I'm sure you remember, the uh, Ben McAdoo gave Eli... The opportunity, you can start, you know, you have a streak of 210 consecutive games. You can start all these games, but we're going to mix in Geno Smith and then later Davis Webb in the second half. Geno, um, um, Eli did not like that plan and said, look, if you're going to bench me in the second half, you might as well bench me to start the game. So that's what happened. You know, it's debatable whether that was the right move or the wrong move uh, by Eli. Uh, but the public eye cry was so bad about this that, um, you know, I think John Mara looked at it and said, well, uh, we, we, it, it, it's debilitating. We can't spend these next uh, four games uh, with the axe, with the guillotine over Ben's head. Uh, I think John had made the decision already that um, you know Ben and Jerry had to go, had to make a clean sweep here. So um, he did it prematurely and let Steve Spagnola take over as the interim coach. So it was really just tremendous public outcry that, 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 that convinced ownership. Instead of waiting a month, we have to do it now. You know, amazingly, it seems like, you know, I've been running Big Blue View since 2007. And we started Big Blue View debating Eli. We debated Eli. We've debated Eli for 11 years. And we're continuing to debate Eli. And at this point, you know, the Giants have played a little bit better the last few games. The offense looks a little bit better. We're still debating you know, whether there's a, a path for Eli Manning to, to continue to be this team's quarterback a, a year from now, um, in your if you were to look into your crystal ball, how would you guess that that's that, that the whole Eli situation is going to play out? Yeah, he's, uh, Eli is probably the most uh, heavily debated potential Hall of Famer ever, right? I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's an interesting case because he has those two great monumental historic victories in Super Bowls over Tom Brady and the Patriots, and then he's got um, incredible endurance and incredible longevity and, um, um, you know, some, some great play and some, some pretty average play. Uh, football, uh, to me, Ed, whenever anyone wants to talk about fire the coach, fire the quarterback, get rid of this, um, I want to know who's, who's the replacement. You know, I mean, uh, people say, well, he can't be worse. Of course it can be worse. You know, a coach can be worse, a quarterback can be worse, so... Um, I would say right now my crystal ball would tell me that Eli will not be back in 2019, but but I think it's fuzzy. I think my crystal ball is fuzzy. Uh, that's my gut. I just think that this seems like uh, another very, very poor year for the team. Tells me that, uh, you know, with a new head coach, you know, Pat Shermer likes Eli, there's no question about it, but, you know, he was not tethered to him like uh, certainly like uh, Tom Coughlin was, even as, Ben McAdoo was as a coordinator before he became a head coach. So, um, you know, I, I, I just think, you know, I, I don't think the quarterback is certainly on the roster. It's not uh, Kyle Loletta, although I'm interested to 
see how he can function in a game. Um, I don't know if it's uh, the first-round pick in the draft. I don't think that person, whoever it is, is going to be the starting quarterback on opening day. So I think there'd have to be a free agent component to this. It just, it just when all is said and done and, and you think about uh, the Giants having to bring in somebody else, I just don't think in the end it's going to work out for Eli to stay and start or mentor. It just seems like it's a little bit the end of the line here. I think, you know, there's there's an argument to be made that he could mentor. There's an argument to be made that the Giants have played a little bit better in recent weeks. You know, but I there's also the argument to be made that, that by the time the Giants get this right, you know, Eli obviously is not going to be the quarterback. And maybe, you know, for, for, for the good of everyone involved, I guess the, the argument on that side would be that maybe it's just plain and simple time to change the narrative a little bit. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, the narrative with Eli Manning has been going on for 15 years. I think the Giants just want to... Um, you know, I don't think the Giants have that in mind. Okay, look, whew, we just got, you know, they, they, they love Eli, and, and they know it's a, it's a, a franchise-shaking decision to part ways with your quarterback. I mean, is Eli going to retire at the end of the year? I mean, I still think he wants to play, but I also think he does not want to go play for another team. And um, Eli Manning is smart. Uh, don't forget, uh, he wasn't drafted by the Giants. Uh, he, his father, um, you know, orchestrated a move to get Eli away from the Chargers and to the Giants, so... You know, it's a very shrewd family, and, and they're not just going to watch Eli twist in the wind and, and, and go to some team and compete for a job, uh, you know, in some faraway outpost somewhere. It's just not going to happen with an Eli Manning. Uh, so, you know, would he retire at the end of the year? Possibly. I don't think that's what he wants to do. Uh, but I, like I said, I don't think he's just going to go uh, hat in hand, you know, helmet in hand looking for employment somewhere. Uh, you know, it, it, it is tricky because he can still play. Um, I don't know as to what level uh, he can still play. You know, the league is going. Uh, you know, you want guys with some more mobility. He's never had that. But, um, you know, with, with the states of offensive lines in the league now and and uh, the way offensive linemen come out of the draft, not really prepared to play for the most part. You need guys who can be a little more mobile than Eli is. Eli does not bring that component to the game. Uh, you know, I mean, they could bring him back. I mean, he wouldn't be the worst option, I don't think. I mean, you know, is he better than um, signing Nick Foles or uh, getting, um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater or something like that? Uh, it remains to be seen, you know. I mean, are you just trading problems then, you know, an older problem for a younger problem? Uh, there's a lot There's a lot of moving parts here. I don't think um, uh, we know for sure now. I think the Giants would like to see how Eli finishes up here. And if the arrow's pointing up, who knows? Maybe they say he's worth another year. So I have to ask you, you mentioned it, and everybody debates it, and it'll be debated forever. Are you voting for Eli to be a Hall of Famer, or are you keeping him out? Well, I don't have a vote. Uh, if I had a vote, um, I would have to – I mean, I think it's close. I do think it's close. You know, I don't want to take a New York bias here and say Eli's in. Um, I, I, can see, uh, I can see him not getting in the first time around. You know, I could certainly see that. I think there is an anti-New York bias um, I know there is because knowing some of the voters and knowing how that process works, that um, there are some voters who feel that New York players get too much uh, notoriety, too much publicity, and they kind of like uh, grade the New York players on a curve. Uh, I think in the end, Eli will get in, and, and, and you can't overlook durability. I mean, I think that's something that a lot of people say, well, uh, he has great numbers because he played a long time. You know, he'll be in the top ten in virtually every 
a significant passing category for career quarterbacks. And, and some people just say, well, yeah, that's because he played a long time. And my take that's a good thing that he played a long time, that he was never hurt, never missed a game. You know, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, and I'm not comparing Aaron Rodgers and Eli Manning as quarterbacks, but, you know, when he goes down and misses half a season and, and, and that completely compromises the Packers' season, uh, that's not helpful to a franchise. It's not Aaron Rodgers' fault, but uh, it's also you can't say it's just the luck of the draw that Eli never gets hurt. So the fact that he was so durable, I think the fact that he uh, comported himself so well for 15 years in, in, a, in a tough media market counts. And, you know, the, those two historic Super Bowl runs with teams that weren't great, what do we all say yet about quarterbacks? You know, do they make everyone around them better? And I would argue that the, the, the Giants' offenses, the years Eli was the quarterback, were not the best offenses, but he played great football in two great Super Bowl runs, and not just the Super Bowls, the, the, the playoff games to get to the Super Bowls were, were, were special games for Eli, you know, in San Francisco, in Green Bay, in the Ice Bowl 2 game. Uh, you know, those have to, been, have to be weighed very heavily, and I think those get him in. Well, I think that's a a good place for uh, for us to to end here. Hey, I appreciate your uh, taking a couple minutes. If you want to tell the folks, uh, you know, where your Twitter handle is, in case they don't know, or uh, you know, where they can find you, uh, you know, go right ahead. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate that. Well, obviously, everything I write can be um, written um, uh, can be read on nypost.com, and my Twitter handle is um, nypost underscore Schwartz. It's a uh, Kind of a funky handle uh, they gave me, and uh, underscores always mess people up sometimes. But NY Post underscore Schwartz, and um, you know I tweet fairly regularly and try to keep it pretty much all about football and uh, take uh, a lot of the nonsense out of it. Paul, appreciate your time. Okay, thanks, Ed. Anytime. Our thanks to Paul Schwartz of the New York Post for spending some time with us today as we discussed the one-year anniversary of the firings of Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese. That will pretty much do it for our show today. Uh, Later on this week, I will have special guest Rick Snyder, a longtime Washington, D.C. area sports writer and a good friend of mine for uh, 35 or 40 years now, uh, which, which simply tells you how old both of us are. Uh, as we discuss the upcoming game this weekend between the Giants and the Washington Redskins. So please look forward to that. Also, please uh, look forward to Friday's show with Dan Pizzuta and Chris Flum as they continue their weekly series previewing the 2019 NFL Draft. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Join the conversation at BigBlueView.com. Check out our Facebook page. Check out our Instagram page at Big underscore Blue underscore View. All right, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the The Shutdown Shutdown Fullcast. Fultron! I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about... Lawn care disasters. Regional grocery stores we love. Tennessee Batman. Homeowners associations. Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. 
Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Podcast. It's not Voltron. <laughs>